Hello there, and welcome to Death Star Radio. May the 4th be with you on this very exciting day. Chris, it's been a very, very long time since we've recorded a podcast, but we're back, and The Bad Batch came out. Yes, and yes, it did. I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head when our last podcast was. Was It wasn't the, the end of Mandalorian, right? We had one after I, that, no, right? I, I think it, I think it was the end of Mandalorian. It's been since like mid-December since we've done this. Well, either way, we've been very busy individuals, and we apologize for those who listen that about, you know, our terrible content release schedule. Um it's it's not very consistent. No, but we've been... um, we've been very busy. I'll I'll go ahead and tell my my part of why I've been busy. I'll let you tell yours. You know, so we. I mean, I guess I'll tell both of this. We both graduated with mm-hmm. with sports journalism degrees in December, and ever since then, it's just been one thing after another, one thing after another. I moved, and I now am working as a full time reporter at a newspaper that I will keep nameless for for now um but it's just been a crazy last couple of months just getting settled and figuring things out and i mean that's really my excuse for not getting the podcast out there we probably could have fit it in there but i gotta admit it wasn't at the top of our minds but Zeno, why don't you let them know what you've been up to yeah it's been a lot of the same as you graduated in december and also found a full-time journalism job. I'm working at a newspaper in Florida. So it's been very exciting for both of us starting, you know, getting into the start of our careers, but uh, been very busy, very, very busy. But like what we said, we're back. We have a new Star Wars show that started today. It was a May the 4th, you know, spectacular with the new Star Wars show and a lot of other new uh, content on Disney Plus that we were kind of looking at before we even started recording but yeah we've been waiting a long time for the bad batch and it's finally out it's the first you know on-screen star wars content that we've gotten since the end of the mandalorian and yeah we got a, a very good 70 to 75 minute episode yeah and uh just before we get into that can we pour one out for the one year anniversary of clone wars season seven the finale which uh, I'm yes. pretty sure shook us all to our cores. Um, I can't believe it's been a year. You know, it's mm-hmm. as as slow as time has gone, it's gone fast, like unbelievably fast. Like a year ago, we the pandemic was still a very new thing to all of us. Now it's like we were all dealing with it. Like we all we all are experts in our own ways. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. crazy how much has changed in the last year and how much hasn't. So, but yes, Bad Batch, I'll admit you felt the same way, Zeno. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get away with this. When I heard that there was a Bad Batch show, I was like, I mean, the four episodes were good, but like, were they that good from season mm-hmm. seven of Clone Wars? And I can tell you from this one 75-minute episode, I can't complain ever. The, re- the next 15 could be bad. This one episode was totally worth it. Yeah, I, I like what you said, calling me out on it, I see, but I, I did feel the same way. Um, wasn't totally convinced on these characters, even after the four-episode arc. I thought it was fine. Um, you and me were talking about this yesterday, where I felt like 
season seven of Clone Wars could have just been the last four episodes and it would have been fine and we, and we would have been okay with that. But, you know, they included the Bad Batch, they included the glorious Martez sisters. And I wasn't, I wasn't convinced <laughs> on the Bad Batch, but this episode was really good. It brought a lot of heart to these characters. Uh, one in particular that I'll touch on a little bit more as we, as we go through. But yeah, just a, just a really good episode. And I guess we can just start talking about it. We kick off. Well, um, well, well, first of all, first of all, there will be a ton of spoilers in this. It only came out a few hours ago. So don't, don't listen to this if you haven't seen it yet, because I mean, the first 10 minutes shocked me. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Heavy I mean, stuff. We, we knew what was going to happen in the first 10 minutes, but we didn't know who he would be with. Mm-hmm. So that's why it shocked at least me. And so, yeah, definitely watch it before listening to this. But mm-hmm. you can continue yeah. using that. Yeah, good save. Good save. Um, <laughs> so we start off on the planet Caller, and we are with Jedi Master Depo Balapa and her Padawan. Caleb, who many people will recognize as Kanan Jarrus from Star Wars Rebels, and I don't know about you, Chris, but I Kanan, because you know how much I love Rebels, and it's my favorite animated show, and just to, just to see, you know, how Kanan went through Order 66, it was, it was really heartbreaking, it really got to me, and we saw how he brought in uh, Clone Force 99 to kind of take out the the threat there only for the clones to turn on them right there when execute or when order 66 was uh, initiated. But like what you said, those first 10 minutes, it really hooked you into it. We knew we were going to see order 66 and I thought the way they handled it was really well done. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? When, so, you know, a little bit more, I say a little bit more, you know, more about Kanan and most of the rebels characters than I do. So when I saw the Jedi Master, I was like, I had recognized her, but not like too much. Um, so I know you probably knew right away. You're like, oh my gosh, we're going to see Kanan or Caleb, whichever one you want to call him. And um, it was just a blast for me to see him because as someone who needed Rebels, like it took a little time for it to grow on me. It just like, it took me a while to finish it. Like it just, I don't know, it lulled a little bit for me. So I needed to get it going. But um to see a young Kanan and you can like just see Kanan's face, you know, what it just, it just looked awesome, man. I, the animation was incredible. Like it just, it felt like you were watching a movie. Like it really did, let alone it being 70 minutes, but the animation in these episodes, just like in season seven of Clone Wars, was just phenomenal. But as to go for the story, you're right. We knew order 66 was going to happen. We didn't know who we would be with, and I—I I definitely read, like not physically in my hand, but read some of the the Kanan comic. So they basically retconned that whole comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm okay with that because I like the way they added in his story here, and it gives him a very personal feeling of like what he felt like right as it happened. Like it makes you feel, you know, I've seen this this scene from Rebels go around all over the internet today where. Ezra is asking Kanan why he doesn't trust Rex, Wolf, and Gregor when they first meet them. And uh, he's like, you didn't see what they did. Like, you weren't even born. And it's like, watching this scene, you can totally see why Kanan would never trust a clone again. Mm -hmm. Not once. Because he's got one 
telling him it'll be okay and the other one trying to snipe him and then there's like 50 of them up the ridge that just killed the only person that he truly got to know in his life basically and so i just thought it was really well done a great start i mean i was totally in you know i dove right in 75 minutes went by faster than i could possibly imagine right after that but yeah, I just, I couldn't think of a better opening. Yeah, and we find out right away also, something that was pretty widely accepted, but we still needed confirmation on it, was that the Bad Batch didn't have, or that their inhibitor chips were uh, faulty, or, you know, because of their programming, um, they weren't going to respond, with the exception of one, and that being Crosshair, who was widely rumored to, be switching sides before the show even started and we see a little bit of that uh on call her con caller like when you mentioned immediately taking a shot at kanan while he's in the trees and and immediately just trying to follow these orders because you know he's a soldier this is what he does and he doesn't respond well to um there being any like disloyalty within within the ranks you know and and we immediately see the budding heads of crosshair as well as hunter who's the basically the leader of the bad batch yeah and i just i liked that i mean i've i've talked to you about i talked to you about this earlier you know the whole thing with crosshair is throughout this episode you're gonna see he just gets like more and more you know i'm gonna do what what orders are given to me which was is totally not the mo of the bad batch never (laughs) was never will be I just feel like that's the one flaw so far in this episode is you never got the vibe that maybe Crosshair wasn't going to turn bad. Like it was always from the minute it happened, you know, like um, right after uh, he finds out basically that Hunter let Kanan run away or Caleb run away. They're in the ship on the way back to Camino, And he's like, usually when someone falls down, they're looking down, not across. And it's like, mm. at that point, you're just like, okay, Crosshair is not letting this go. Yeah. Like, it's just not being let go. I thought maybe a little bit of struggle there, maybe thinking like, like maybe if you saw Crosshair go like, well, why, why am I thinking this way? Like, normally I wouldn't. But that just didn't happen. And it's, I guess it's a nitpick, but it's something I think I would have liked to see. Yeah, and, and and with Crosshair, like what you said, he doesn't forget it. He talks to Hunter on the on the ship about it. He even goes so far as when they get back to Camino, which is the next part of this episode, that he files a report against his own team saying that you know they didn't officially take out um, that Padawan, that they don't know whether or not he's alive or dead. But something that I really liked about um, this next part of the episode is when the Bad Batch gets to Kamino, and you can just immediately tell that everything is different now. And it, I got, I mean, the, this is kind of going side by side with what's happening in um, season seven. I felt the same vibe of when Ahsoka is on the ship and Order 66 is about to happen, and you just feel that real uneasy feeling. I felt the same thing when the Bad Batch got to Kamino. You knew things were going to be different going forward. Yeah, and I thought this is the best way to show because this is we've seen so many different angles of Order 66, whether it's through Fallen Order, whether it's through Revenge of the Sith, where it was first shown, whether it was through 
uh, Clone Wars. You know, it's like we've seen Order 66 in many ways, whether it's through books or comics. We've never seen it from the clone perspective. Are we, we're like, are we just assuming the clones just instantly changed or whatever? And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. They did instantly change. I think this is a great opportunity to show how the Empire changed into the Empire so fast because they had so many thousands of troops that did a complete 180. And I saw a video on YouTube today that I wish I could remember who posted it because I'd love to give him credit, but I won't take credit for this. Um, and it was like a scene in Revenge of the Sith that you can tell that the, like, you know, when Obi-Wan, after they assume he died, he's just kind of like sneaking around the city in uh, on Utapau. Mm-hmm. And you can see the clones just like arresting everyone. Uh-huh. Like they're not letting one person go. And it's like, that just goes to show you just like how fast the clones changed. Yeah. It was like literally 30 minutes ago, they were protecting these people. And now they're mm-hmm. just like arresting them. Like none of them did anything. They're just yeah. arresting them. It's the mm-hmm. same thing on Kashyyyk. You see it on Kashyyyk in the, in the same, in Revenge of the Sith, when you go see where Yoda is and the clones are looking around making sure all the Wookiees are dead. It's yeah. like. It's so shocking to see that, and I'm really glad we're seeing it from this perspective because it's just so – it's shock and awe how this mm-hmm. all changed so fast. And it, I love how they even went to – most of the clones aren't even wearing their armor anymore. They're just wearing plain white clone armor, which looks like stormtroopers, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really like that touch. Um, but all in all, the the whole backstory of seeing how the clones – reacted to all this and how the empire really gained its power i'm uh i'm really looking forward to seeing how they continue that story yeah and and i really like the whole the state of limbo that the bad batch is in uh throughout this episode because you know they end up going back to like their their um quarters in camino and that's when there's a state of the republic is called and that's where we you know we get to the point where they're with all the clones together in this general assembly hall, and we see uh, the Emperor's speech uh, that we've seen in Revenge of the Sith. And I really like how, even though we know what's going on, we're you know obviously we're going through the story with the Bad Batch. So even though we do know what's going on, I felt like a state of like, what, what's going to happen like to all of these clones? Like what you were saying, right? What's going to happen to all of them? What are they going to do next? And it being the first episode, I thought they did a really good job at that and creating that, like, well, what is the future of all of these clones who were made for the purpose of a war that no longer exists? Yes, and it also, it kind of, it's also answering the question, the age-old question of, so are Stormtroopers in the original trilogy clones? Well, they're not, but this goes, this episode goes to show it because right after we get that speech, from Palpatine, you know, the infamous Revenge of the Sith speech. We get Tarkin showing up on Kamino telling them, well, we don't want clones anymore. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. The, a regular recruit is half the price of a clone. Yeah. And so I always thought, that was always something I was curious about, is how they transitioned over and how many stormtroopers were clones. So I guess there's still a crap ton of stormtroopers that were clones, but they just ended up getting weeded out when they like died in battle or something. 
Yeah. And, and so, it feels uh, – sorry, sorry to interrupt, but it feels like that decision right there, even though it's kind of like a passing comment made by Tarkin, when I watched it, it felt like – well, that it, – it seems, it seems like that decision is what cost them the – keep you know, keeping that empire going on for much longer because – we saw how effective the clones were in Clone Wars and, you know, the fact that they are incredible sol- soldiers. So, you know, this again, this is just a side note by me, but it just feels like a decision like that made so swiftly by Tarkin is, like, very costly down the line. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's just, that's the Empire's MO, right? That's That's the bad guys. They make the decision, the bad decision. They'd rather pay half price and le- get less quality troops so they can put money elsewhere, like maybe into a Death Star. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we're, we're we're turning into uh, Thrawn territory there. With, exactly. You know, what was right for the Empire to do? Exactly, and where the funding was going, like in Thrawn Treason. Spoilers for Thrawn Treason. I haven't read the <laughs> whole thing, but I know at the beginning they're talking about they can only fund one project, and it's either Thrawn's Tie. Is it Interceptor? Uh, Defenders. No, Tie Defenders program. Or the Death Star, mm-hmm. and I haven't read the book, but I have a feeling that it ends up as the Death Star. <laughs> um, well, what what brought you to that conclusion? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like interesting to see because, like, you think, oh, they're the they're the Republic turning into the Empire. They must have all the money in the world. Well, this shows they didn't. Yeah, they they did have to be strategic with what they were paying for. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they were even they were stripping down Republic ships to make their own Star Destroyers, so they were being as as cost efficient as possible. Yeah, so I mean, as you said, not having a clone army probably cost them, but it, they may not have been as powerful if they had them because they wouldn't have been able to spend money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's I I honestly like you said it was a passing comment, but. I really enjoyed the comment because it like brought some clarity. Yeah. And, and, and that's when we, you know, after that is that whole scene happens with Tarkin and the, and the Kaminoans, we get one of our first introductions to Omega, who's the newest character um, and will be part of the bad batch going forward. She, uh, well, before we get there, I, you know, we see the whole fight happen in the mess hall and how, you know, you can immediately tell that she is somebody who is also um, an outcast from her fellow clones. I mean, they even make fun of her at the table while the Bad Batch is there, you know, and she, and she picks a fight, you know. And I really like that scene because even though we we barely meet Omega, there's a, there's a part there where after she start, picks the fight with the clones, that Wrecker is like, huh, like this... This, I like this person, you know, and that's kind of like that indoctrination of Omega into the Bad Batch. I thought that was a really nice touch, the fact that, like, Wrecker got involved in the fight as well. Yeah, and I, I liked it because, like, Wrecker did the same thing for Kanan when he was a kid in the opening mm-hmm. scene. Kanan's like, it's like, you got to be fast. And he goes, that's the only speed I know. And he's like, I like this kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you can tell when you get accepted into the bad batch is when record text tells you that he likes you. Yeah. Like that's how, you know, and uh, I totally liked that too. Although record can be a little over the top in, in this episode. And I think we kind of saw that coming with the, the bad batch arc in season seven. Right. Um, but I don't think he's, 
I don't think it's ruining the show or anything, but he is a little over the top in some situations where you're like, you almost kind of wish he'd tone it down a little bit, you know? I mean, maybe that's just coming from me, but what do you think? No, I, I agree with you. I, I need a little bit more convincing on Wrecker. Um, I think this is what we are, you know, in the end going to compare it with. I think what I love so much about Rebels is that there were very specific arcs for a lot of for all of the characters at some point or another and we don't know how long this series is going to last but i would i would hope that we would get arcs for all of these characters individually where we can you know become a lot more closer to them know the way that they operate and the way that they think and the way that they feel and i i think especially for wrecker that's something that I need to see in order for me to be more convinced of the character. Cause for me right now, I just think he's like the annoying character that doesn't really say anything funny, but it's intended to be funny. Yeah. And that's, that's what is great about rebels is Zeb was supposed to be that character, the big brute guy who didn't care, just wanted to punch some people and was joking around, but then they gave Zeb an incredible character arc. Yeah. You know, they gave him, gave us more reason to like him. And so I was like all in after that on Zeb. So with Wrecker, the problem is with clones is how much character art can you give them? Like we know where they came from. Exactly. And it's like, they're not, it's not like a personal story. Like, especially Echo. It's like, we know where Echo came from. Mm -hmm. We already know his story. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough to really see how these characters flesh out. Maybe they get their character arcs just in this show. We don't know how long this show is going to be. One or two seasons. It's going to be 16 episodes right now, but how long is it going to be? You know what I mean? So I like the idea of having the individual character arcs. I just, I'm curious how far that can go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm. Well, and then, you know, once, we get through that mess hall fight. Uh, Tarkin ends up calling on the Bad Batch and putting him through a training exercise where he actually uses uh, live rounds against them in like the second part of the test, which isn't a very good, uh, you know, HR move, but he tests them to their fullest abilities. And I really like that um, scene because uh, we, we know this. This is the MO of the Bad Batch that they operate differently than clones. It was really nice, though, to see like to get into the specifics of how each of them, you know, impact the team in a different way, right? Because obviously we know that Wrecker's a bruiser. We know that Crosshair's a sniper. You know, Tech is, uh, I think Tech, like, reverse hardwires one of the droids. Uh, Hunter has his senses. Like, I just, I like how in that scene, it's a very good refresher on what's so uh, unique about these characters compared to the other clones. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a great scene. It's, you know, for people who maybe haven't seen the Bad Batch episodes, it kind of gave them a, um, like, understanding of who they are and their abilities. Um, like, you know, the training sequence and everything. Before then, when they first meet Omega, you can kind of get the exposition there where she goes, where they go, you know us, and she names all five of them. Mm-hmm. It's like that. that was for the people who haven't seen the show. Yeah. <laughs> And so I feel like this that scene, although it was great, it was also for people who haven't seen the show. One, it moved the story along, and two, it showed you 
who like who these guys are. Like I know there's a I have a friend back home that texted me saying like I've never I don't I haven't watched Clone Wars but I'm gonna watch Bad Batch. I know I should probably watch the other one but I want to watch this so it's not spoiled for me. And he felt better because he felt like he was more informed about these guys in this first episode because it was a great intro to characters that have already been introduced like in, introduced but that scene specifically just like showed off all of their abilities and it worked out perfectly definitely yeah and, and something about this show is that for many people especially the younger audiences this is going to be their first introduction to star wars kind of like how you know the prequel movies were the first introduction for myself and, and yourself and clone wars for other people right like this is that first introduction for a lot of people and these are characters that you know they're the first ones they're gonna see right and so i thought that was a very good uh, way to do it but yeah moving on tarkin is impressed by everything that the bad batch does so he gives them a mission to go take out some insurgents on the planet onderon and just by luck, Chris, a couple of days before um, the Bad Batch started, I was, you know, just rewatching some old episodes of Clone Wars, just refreshing my, my mind about it. And I actually just saw the Onderon arc on season or in season five. So I remember like immediately when they sent them to Onderon, I was like, oh, my God, like that we're going to get Saw Gerrera because that's where that he was a major part of that arc as well as his sister. And what do you know? We get one of our first uh, cameos. uh outside of Tarkin and we see Saw Gerrera, you know, still a younger Saw Gerrera, older from Clone Wars, not as old as what we see him in Fallen Order and, and Rogue One, but this is the first test for the Bad Batch. And I really liked how we see the moral compass of Hunter and how, even though he is a soldier, he's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And it's crazy to think the Bad Batch could have like set the rebellion back like ten years right there. Mm-hmm. They could have just wiped out everything there. I know that was more probably like I don't even know if the rebellion had even really started getting formed. I guess Bail Organa was already kind of putting something together, um, but it was like like those were the beginning of the Dreamers solid yeah. group, you know. He could just put an end to, they could have just put an end to all of that. There would have been no Jin or so, no Death Star explosion because Jin wouldn't have been able to get in and get the plants. Like, think about all that. Ain't yeah. that crazy? Mm-hmm. And, but you're right, Hunter's moral compass told him otherwise. And, you know, what I liked about this episode is the trailers that we've been getting. I feel like we saw almost every scene from the trailers. Not not every scene, but a lot of them were in this episode. So it really leaves the next 15 to be, like, completely different. Like, yeah. I, we saw Saw in the trailer. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. Saw, Saw, you know what I mean? <laughs> we saw Saw Guerrero in the trailer. I didn't expect to get him episode one. Yeah, like that sounded like something that they were going to build on. Maybe it is still, but it definitely is different. Like it, it felt different that way. I'm excited to see because they they've hid so much from us, which is exactly what we want. Um, but you're right to get back to the soft stuff. That was really cool to see him. We already had the cameo with Tarkin, which we knew was coming. Uh, but it's overall just. 
seeing Sagarera was awesome. Yeah, and on the flip side to Hunter's moral compass, he is again butting heads with uh, with Crosshair, who immediately focuses his weapon on like an old lady, and he's like, "Just tell me when, and I'll take the shot." It's like, okay, like uh, you you mentioned this earlier, like pretty irredeemable off of the first episode. Just this guy who really doesn't care about like anything else other than completing the mission and following orders. Yeah, it's like it's it's a complete one eighty from what they usually are. Now I get it. Later in the episode, they say, "Oh, his inhibitor chip was kind of working, but it was a little defective." But like, I'll be honest with you, I think the Empire could have came over, walked over there, and said, "Hey, kill the rest of your team," and he would have done it. Like, so what's the difference? Mm-hmm. So I. I really wish we got a little bit of a struggle there because you're right. He zoomed in on the poor old lady from Coco. That's what that's what she <laughs> kind of reminded me of, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, is he really going to kill this old lady?" Like, no way. And um, yeah, irredeemable is the perfect word there. We'll see what happens. I don't see him being the villain of the show for the entire time, but hey, maybe he is. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I don't. I think Crosshair, prediction-wise, is probably going to die in this show. I don't think they're going to, like, get the chip out or anything. I think he's probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, they end up coming back from Onderon not completing their mission, and they're immediately put into prison, and uh, they're charged with treason, and uh, Omega is in the cell with them already. And this is where we see a little bit more of, you know, we're getting that connection with um, Omega, especially with Hunter. And I, I sent you a TikTok earlier because this is something that I didn't notice in the um, on the first watch of it, that we see, like, Omega emulating a lot of the things that Hunter does. You know, like, he puts his he puts his uh, hand, like, on his chin, and she does the same. And uh, there's a part later on where they're, like, where they break out of uh, the cell, and he, like, raises his hand to tell them to stop, and she does the same, you know? I, I like this uh, relationship building that we're getting with Omega, who is essentially, throughout this season, uh, going to be, like, the little sister to all of these characters. Yeah, she, they, they set her up to be really cool. I thought it was, yeah, the, the scene where they're in the prison cell and they're, uh, they're copy or she's copying his movements is, like, the cutest thing. Um I'm excited to see what they do with her as well. Like you said, they're they're playing her up to be the little sister of the group. And um, yeah, I, her backstory is completely like unknown. So that, that I think that's going to be the biggest story they're going to tell. And I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, we, we do know that she is a uh, genetically modified clone. Um, that's clearly... Um, acknowledged in the show and, and something from that prison scene is you know she she does interact with crosshair and she tells him you know i know what you're gonna do but please don't do it that she already it's like she already knows that he's gonna betray the group which i thought is interesting it definitely leaves a lot of questions unanswered on like like what you said what is omega's full backstory could she potentially be force sensitive yeah and um, if you want to like stop from going down the episode and maybe talk about this for a little bit, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you would kind of mention like you don't want her to be force sensitive because that like how do you the clone? Maybe they mix some midichlorians in there, but like how did they do that? And I'm with you on that. Now, 
I did see like in Star Wars theory on YouTube, which I know is a controversial person, but his chat was talking with him about um, maybe she's a combination of all four or all five of their powers. Mm-hmm. I guess four of them wouldn't be Echo, but because you know she has the she has the shot at the end of the episode where it's completely accurate, which is crosshair like. In the sense of maybe knowing Crosshair is going to do something, maybe that's Hunters, and maybe we'll see some brute strength soon and some technical, like, brainiac power later. Um, I kind of like that idea. Maybe they per- they didn't have it perfected with those clones, with Clone Force 99, Bad Batch. That's why they came out looking weird. Mm-hmm. And they found her, because she's the only female clone we've ever seen. Yeah. So who is she a clone of? Mm -hmm. And they must have perfected something. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I truly don't wish, I hope she's not force sensitive because then it just leads up to another question of, well, there was another force sensitive being out there in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and no one knew about him. You know what I mean? I just kind of hope. There's enough of those. There's Ezra, there's Kanan, there's Cal Kestis, and I'm sure I know there's more, but like those are the main three that come to my head, and obviously Obi-Wan and Yoda and all that, you know. But, yeah, Grogu. Yeah, Grogu. So it's like I kind of want that number to be limited. Because mm-hmm. then it, it then would sit there and be like, well, where are these people in the original trilogy? Like, why are we leaving it to Luke? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I hope she's just She's got some cool abilities. I hope it's not the Force. Yeah, and, and she really... Uh, I was really sold on her from this episode. I, I think maybe because I learned my lesson from when I, uh, you know, when I watched Clone Wars for the first time, and I, you know, this is going to give me a bunch of heat, but I really did not like Ahsoka early on in Clone Wars. I thought she was incredibly annoying. And maybe I've learned my lesson from that, and that's why I like Omega now, but I thought she really fit in with this group and she you know she wasn't annoying at all she was a a you know a good character with with mystery behind her and i'm invested in her story and i really want to learn more about her i can't believe you didn't like it so i mean actually i can that's part of her character arc though you know what i mean they start her off yeah. as this kind of like annoying padawan and anakin you're a fan of anakin like you want to you're rooting for anakin in the show and anakin's nothing but annoyed by her so it makes sense. You're right. She doesn't, you don't, I don't ever feel like Omega is being annoying in this show. If anything, I feel like she, all she's doing is trying to help. Exactly. Now, maybe, maybe that'll change. Um, but right now, she already seems like she's got a pretty good head on her shoulders. That's why you got, you wonder about her abilities, you know? Mm-hmm. You really do. Like the conversation she has with Hunter right before their mission. And she's like, I need to talk to you. And she's trying to help her as much as possible. Like, that already tells you that she has some goodwill in her. And that's already different than somebody like, I I mean, at the beginning of Clone Wars, of course, Ahsoka has goodwill, but she's also just like, she's full of herself. Yeah. Omega doesn't seem to be that. She seems to be thinking about everybody but herself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, once again... As I say, I mean, it's. I'm going to say this a lot because it's the first episode, but I'm just really excited to see what they do with her as well. How much she bonds with the team and 
I'd love to see if they, you know, we talked about diving into some character uh, exposition on all of them. I'd love to see if she is the one who gets it out of every single one of them. Yeah. Like, like Wrecker won't open up to anyone but her. That would be awesome, personally. But, um, yeah, I, I know you're excited for her, and I'm still shocked about the Ahsoka comment. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely something that would, you know, get me canceled now, especially with how great of a character <laughs> Ahsoka is, you know. I, yeah. I was totally wrong about her. I love Ahsoka now, and, you know, uh, I was wrong. So I'll own up to that. But after, <laughs> so the Bad Batch gets out of uh, containment, and they're making a run to their ship, and we and they're stopped by Crosshair as well as the the Coruscant Guard uh, or some members of the Coruscant Guard. Uh, I I love this scene. I I thought the you know it was intense. The conversation between Crosshair and Hunter is really good. Um, also, the atmosphere of it, the environment. I love the fact that it's like obviously it's always raining on Camino, but the fact that like you can see the rain in the background, and you know you can really feel the like the betrayal for Hunter because this is you know I mean Crosshair is someone that he has worked with for such a long time, and now all of a sudden they're... because there's it's a new era in the galaxy, and I thought the scene was was very well done, and I like and I also very much like you already mentioned it, but how Omega helps the Bad Batch get out of it. Yeah, and I think you're right. You you hit it on all cylinders there. Um, it's... I would have loved to see a fight outside on, on Kamino. Kami, oh my goodness. Kamino. Um, the only time I think we've ever seen a fight outside on Kamino is still Attack of the Clones, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. is there... Are there some scenes in Clone Wars where the droids attack Kamino? There, there could be, you know. I'm, and if I'm, we really want to get in the weeds, like, I guess, like, you know, I mean, we play multiplayer on Battlefront. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen it with these guys, you know what I mean, against Crosshair in the pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe Tech goes, gets the ship, and they slide off one of the round tops <laughs> yeah. into the water, and Tech picks them up or something. I would have loved to see it out in the rain. But you're right, the backdrop was great. Omega helping him out. And the betrayal, like you said, Crosshair comes out and it's just like nothing happens for like 30 seconds after they yes. start, stop talking. They just stare at each other. And you're like, I don't I barely know these characters. I've seen four episodes and this episode with them. And you, it's like heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there and Hunter's like, wow, like he turned on a dime. Like, yeah. it's so sad. By the way, mm-hmm. Crosshair's outfit, his new clone armor beautiful it's great and I, I was about to touch on that because you know crosshair is literally changed because now he's he's wearing this new you know elite squad elite squadron armor and and that was something that we saw in one of the first trailers right we saw this like new armor for these clones and we we're like oh i wonder you know who's that gonna be you know we early speculation people were like oh it's gonna be commander cody or it's gonna you know and it was really cool to see that armor it, it's really cool just to see like any new you know, awesome digs in Star Wars. So that was a nice, uh, nice touch. And, you know, side note, all of the armor for the Bad Batch, it's fantastic. Like, they're are just chef's I think they're great. Oh, the, the red and black just totally goes together. Mm-hmm. It, it totally does. And I know they're supposed to stand out because that's who they are, but it just, 
it, it's beautiful. I really like the the clone armor in this episode, though, for most of them. Like, the red guards, the Coruscant guards. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, the animation, the, the clones looked great. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. It just, everything looks so good in the animation. And one of the things that I really like, I know this isn't story-wise, but since I'm talking about it, is when they're in, like, the ship or they're in a setting where they're talking and there's somebody else, like, closer to the quote-unquote camera they blur them out to focus on the person talking just like yeah. a regular camera would and they did this in the arc with the martez sisters in season seven yeah mm-hmm. when they're in prison and that was like i had to pause when that happened i remember and i was like this is gorgeous like yeah it's that touch they didn't have to do that. They made six seasons basically not doing that. Or maybe they did a little bit, but they didn't do it as well. They didn't have to do that. But it felt like like they're actually they're creating all of this stuff on computers, on storyboards, on all that. But it felt like they were filming it. Like it actually felt like a camera, which was phenomenal. And I can't. I can't say enough about it. That's why I'm hoping we get to see some of our like favorite Clone Wars characters or favorite Star Wars characters in general in this animation style because um, whether it's it's just it, they just do such a good job. I think the helmets look great. The hair still looks rough, but that's because the hair in Clone Wars has always looked rough. Yeah. Um, but everything else phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we end this episode with um, the Bad Batch. They don't really know where to go. And, and Hunter says that, um, you know, I know a place we're going to go to JT. I think it's JT19, um, something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's been, a you know, obviously we're kind of left on a cliffhanger there. Um, thankfully, we don't have to wait too long because the next episode is on Friday. But a lot of speculation about um, who that is, where that is, and where the story is going to go from there. But before we get into that speculation, so I, something that Star Wars just does so well is like the going into space for the first time. Like we see it with Ezra, we saw it with Rey, and, and we see it with Omega here also, where she's in the ship, first time in space. And I think she makes the comment, first time anywhere else. And, you know, I, that type of stuff is so um, emotional for me to just see like Omega. Uh, it's J19. I'm, um, I have the episode on in the background and the subtitles showed, but, you know, seeing, you know, the fact that Omega sees like them going into hyperspace for the first time, I eat that stuff up, you know, that that's great. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for that, too. I mean, I always think of that funny blooper of when, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The, the Ray and Han blooper where they said, they, I haven't seen so much green in the whole galaxy and it's just a green screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that, that... <laughs> But, like, if you watch the movie, that's, like, a really, like, wow. Like, she really hasn't been anywhere in her life. Um, Yeah, I'm totally with that. And it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about a Marvel thing. They did a similar thing in Avengers Endgame when Captain America goes to space for the first time. He sits in the chair, and they zoom in, and they get a close-up of his eye as it zooms into space. And he's kind of like, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm in space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm always a sucker for that. And then, granted, I think that's how you and I feel when we pull the light speed lever on, uh, what is it, Smuggler's Run? Yeah, Disneyland? Smuggler's Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely feel that way when I push that, pull that thing. I'm like, here we go. 
But yeah, you're right. They always do that pretty well. Yeah, and, and getting into that speculation now of what is next. You know, they're going to J19, and um, not my idea. This isn't something that I came up with, but a lot of people have been speculating um, that it's going to be Cut, who was a in, in Clone Wars uh, from a, a very old arc. He's married to a Twi'lek, and he has two kids, um, and he's friends with Rex. You know, this is this is one of uh, kind of like the human side of the clone story arcs in Clone Wars. Um, I think it's a very plausible idea and i think that'd be a great way just to introduce an old clone wars character yeah i think i love that arc that they have with him in clone wars with rex um where rex is kind of like you abandoned the fight what did you do but he ends up cut ends up convincing rex like leave me here like Mm -hmm. like this isn't that i wasn't made for this or this isn't what i'm going to do you know what i mean i think that was a really cool arc and that's basically what the bad batch arc you know, like now they're lost without a war, but they were never included to begin with. Yeah. So they felt secluded their whole time. So maybe go learn from a guy who's felt like he's been a cast out forever. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that theory. I can't think of anyone else they're going to go see. It sounds like somebody they know. We don't really know who the Bad Batch knows. Exactly. I mean, it, it could be any character, It, it you know, in all likelihood, it could just be a new character that we've never seen before, which would be fine. You know, there's pe- people saying Rex, but um, my thing about the whole about Rex is how would they even know that Rex is on their side? You know, they're under the impression that every every reg, as they call them, uh, is with the Empire because of the inhibitor chip. Yeah, and they're eventually going to meet up with the Rex like we saw in the trailer. But you're mm-hmm. right. There's no way they would know. No chance. Exactly. I mean, so maybe maybe they just assume he's dead because he didn't show up to Camino. Mm-hmm. But we'll never know, I guess. Yeah, and, and like what you said, we will see uh, Rex in in the show, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of characters that we could potentially see. You and me were talking about this earlier. We we mentioned uh, Darth Vader. We mentioned Ahsoka. Uh, we mentioned. Commander Cody, which is a character that I would love to see in the show, and I think it would be weird if we if we didn't see Cody um, in this season, especially if it's sixteen episodes. Yeah, and we need to see Cody. What happened when the Empire took over? Because if they're going to take any clones and turn them into stormtroopers, it's Cody's got to be one of them, right? Yeah, you. I mean, you would imagine that Cody, already a high-ranking member in the Republic, maybe was elevated to an even higher position. You know. And if he's elevated to a higher position, does he not wear armor anymore? Because, you know, that's what, like, when you're an admiral or when you're a, a general, I guess, of the of the Empire, you wear, like, the gray suit. Yeah. That'd be weird to see a clone in one of those, wouldn't it? <laughs> and we, we could even see Cody in, in the ISB, in the Imperial Security Bureau. That would be a really, you know, cool transition because they, you know, the ISB is supposed to be the the ones that do a lot of the investigating into these insurgencies and into all of these plots to to overthrow the Empire. So I think that would be uh, really cool. Th- there's just a lot of avenues for this show to take because even though recently we've gotten a lot of content in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, there's still so much more to explore, especially in the Empire because we've gotten a lot of like 
you know, 10 years in, 15 years in, right? We have Rogue One, we have Solo, we have um, the Thrawn trilogy and things like that. But still not a lot of explained parts of this universe in the early days of the Empire. Yeah, no, this is, if we have to, if there's one area that we need to figure out, it's this one. So we have Rebels yeah. as well. Rebels, Rebels helps us learn all that as well. So, yeah, I'm all in for this. This is, like I said, I was skeptical at first. We both were, but I, I'm happy to say I'm not skeptical anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, first of all, we're blessed that this episode was an hour and fourteen minutes long. Like an animated one episode of an animated series is an hour and fourteen minutes long. That's like what four, um. Four Clone Wars episodes, something like that. Three, three and a half. Yeah, so we got that in one episode. We got spoiled. We really did. And I'm not prepared to have to watch a 31 minute episode on Friday, and then Unfair. have to wait a week for 16 weeks um, to watch the other ones. So exactly, That's, <laughs> it's going to take a lot of getting used to. Oh yeah, but. Hey, it's good to have Star Wars back. It's been on the screen, at least. I mean, we've gotten a lot of books. We've gotten a lot of comic books. We're in the High Republic era also, so that's awesome. Yeah, but, see, um, I feel like we, we did a podcast about the High Republic. Did we? I don't think we did. Well, I guess we'll find out. We, when we, definitely, haven't re- we definitely haven't reviewed anything from the High Republic. Oh, yeah, well, I haven't finished anything. So. Yeah, calling <laughs> you out now and telling you, you got to read. You got to finish Light of the Jedi. Oh, yeah, I know. There's been like 80 books coming out in the last couple of months, <laughs> and I've read zero of them. Speaking of which, we might as well jump into it. Chris, what are you watching? What are you reading? Uh, what am I watching? Well, I'm watching The Bad Batch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what am I reading? I'm still reading Light of the Jedi. Um, when I say still reading, I haven't picked it up in... When did it come out? January 5th? Probably since like January 10th. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, it's been sooner than that, but I, it has been a while. It's, it's sitting on my bookshelf collecting dust, unfortunately. Um, so I'm still in the middle of that. Um, I need to get going on the reading. I haven't really been catching up on the reading. Uh, but what am I watching? I'm not really watching anything Star Wars. I know... You and I recently just watched the uh, the Tom Clancy new movie with Michael B. Jordan, Without Remorse. So I know we both started Jack Ryan, so I'm kind of stealing your answer here. But <laughs> I'm watching Jack Ryan. I just finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just like with the other half of the world. And uh, I'll start watching Loki here pretty soon. But right now... It's all Star Wars. I'm so <laughs> focused on Bad Batch. It's so exciting. Definitely, yeah. Well, for me, yes, I am watching Jack Ryan. Uh, you and me got a little... We got suckered into the Tom Clancy. Uh, spoilers for Tom Clancy. We got into <laughs> the... We're a little hooked onto the Tom Clancy universe right now, so we're getting into that. Um, reading... I'm reading numerous books right now, which I don't like doing, and I don't know why I got into this habit just recently, but I'm currently reading Skywalker, A Family at War by Kristen Baver, 
as well as Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good uh, by Timothy Zahn. And I'm also reading Shadow and Bone because there was a lot of hype about it on um, social media. And I know the new show just came out and someone told me to read it and I am now reading it. So a lot of books I'm reading right now, but I can pat myself on the back for saying I've, I've read all of the High Republic books and what else did I read? I read Victory's Price, the final book in the Alphabet Squadron trilogy, which was very good. Highly recommend. You also have to get on that. Yes, I know. You don't have to remind me how much <laughs> I need to catch up. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting, man. We got to do the reviews. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to listen at this point. <laughs> I've taken way too long. I know. Old news. But yeah, exactly. we have new Star Wars with the Bad Batch, and we will hopefully be reviewing every episode. We'll see how that goes with our busy schedules, because we are I adulting think, now. I think what would be realistic for people to expect is, you know, and I work the same schedule, and we're off Sundays and Mondays. If we don't get a Bad Batch podcast out every week on Friday, probably expect it on a weekend. Meaning Sunday, because, yeah. Yes, because uh, that would just be more realistic. Though I think we could probably, I mean, I, I can't see a reason why this week I can't do it on Friday. Yeah, I, so, uh, we can definitely record on Friday. I see that, and we'll probably, you'll probably hear from us next time when the first episode of The Book of Boba comes out in December. So, um, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> let's Keeping up with the consistent it. schedule here. Exactly. <laughs> let's hope that's not the case, but um, yeah. We are, we are consistent with our inconsistency. Exactly. They, that sounds like a Jedi saying right there. <laughs> there you go. Well, either way, we're excited for Bad Batch and keep your notifications on because you really never know when it's going to come out. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. There you go. Exactly. And that's going to end our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. May the force be with you.